What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. How do you do? And with us again, leading in the scoreboard rankings, Justin, the Russian concussion mascaro. How you doing? Great. All right, episode 88. Episode 88 of Big Easy Bets is brought to you by Prediction Strike. Do you wish you could have stock in your favorite athletes like Tyreek Hill or Alvin Kamara? Prediction Strike brings that idea to life. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Picture an app if Robin Hood had a, and DraftKings had a baby, a big old fat baby. Don't just trust your draft. Invest in your favorite players. I invested in Jameis Winston, still waiting for him to go up. If you have a fantasy sleeper for this um, upcoming week, Simply download their new easy-to-use app or sign up at predictionstrike.com. Use code BIGEASYBETS to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. Damian Williams. If you got in on Damian Williams, you're probably in line for some money. Uh, maybe Samaji Pirine. You see Joe Mixon get hurt on the sideline and you think, hmm, maybe he's going to miss some time. You hop in, you buy low on Samaji Pirine. You wait for him to get a little two touchdowns, maybe a little goal line action. You know he's going to be catching passes out the backfield a little bit. Yeah, he should exceed his fantasy expectations, and you can uh, laugh all the way to the bank, I guess. But, all right, episode 88 of Big Easy Bets. And it, uh, these bets have been big, but they have not been easy. I'll tell you that. I'm coming off my worst week by far. Nobody had, well, Nick, you had an okay week in college, um, 60%. Justin went 50%. Um, I had a terrible week, 4-10, and 10, so we'll recap that very quickly. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's talk about LSU and the Saints. I'll, I'll give the floor to you. You can talk LSU. I'll talk to Saints. Um, you got anything to say, anything? Um, what, what are your thoughts on the program as a whole? What are your thoughts on the game? Which obviously I had to bet on it, so I'm sure we'll quickly touch on it on the recap. Yeah, it's we're in a questionable position. It's not a position that you want to be in because you know since the national championship, we lost a lot after that, but we haven't been competitive or as competitive as we're used to at LSU. So we're coming into SEC play. We get a win in the first one, and then we lose a second one at home. That's not that's not good. In a, in a game that, quite frankly, the defense played well, but they could have tackled better. And, you know, it comes down to, are your guys mentally prepared to play the game of football? And right now, it, it kind of looks like LSU isn't. We can't run the ball, and we're not tackling well. And that's something that LSU's always done well in in – the past 15 years, you know, it's like, so I don't know to me, if you're asked, like if someone were to ask, you know, what, where's coach Ogeron and his status at, as far as the future of him being the head coach, it's like, 
it's not looking good because the schedule only gets harder. So, I mean, I'm not like in favor of just firing a guy. I don't ever like to really fire a coach midseason unless if that guy was less miles and I wish I mean it just seemed like we should have fired him a lot long along before we actually did. Yeah. So I say you give him the rest of the year to try to figure it out and maybe he does. Um the biggest thing is it's hard when the teams are only putting three down linemen and the linebackers don't even look at the line of scrimmage and you won't run the football. It's like we're so scared to even try to run it. There was one time they dropped nine into coverage. Yeah. Nine fucking players dropped into coverage and were not running the ball. Leonard Fournette was probably sitting at home throwing up. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, so there's major questions. It's like, why is your offensive line not not able to run block? It's like, we need to address situations as far as strength and conditioning is concerned because that's where I think primarily the offensive line, it, that gets reflected in the offensive line. And... um Right now, it's like our team just doesn't look like it's prepared to to win football games. And that's got to be, um, and I'll get your opinion in just a second, Justin, that's got to be coaching. Yeah. It's coaching. Like, I I was like you. I, I don't – I remember when people were calling on the Saints side, I think, calling for Sean Payton's head. Like, I'm, I'm like, it's. I think it's stupid to call for a coach's head unless it's, like, glaringly obvious. It's becoming glaringly obvious for me. I, I'm I'm starting to flip quickly on Coach O. Like you said it best. You you said the schedule's not going to get easier. We're not. We're going to get run out of the building by Bama. We're not going to be able to stop Ole Miss. Um, who else? There was another team, Florida. Even though they just lost to Kentucky, uh, Florida maybe not as good as we thought after that game against Bama. I mean, I don't see us having much of a shot against Florida. Like the yeah, Arkansas, we're so, A&M. Yeah, like, we're so. I mean, A and M. God bless that kid under center, but we're so undisciplined. The the tackling, make a motherfucking tackle, Ali Gay. God damn it! On fourth and two, that that got brought him right back into the game. That fourth, that fourth and two, Bo Nix runs around for ten damn years, and then somehow throws the greatest pass of his college career. To a guy who's just streaking behind the defense wide yeah, open. Yeah, and the it's like, do you say the defense didn't play bad? It's like even if those plays happen, those are unexcusable because it's like how many times did you have Bo Nick sacked and then let him get away? Yeah. It's like those are such big momentum shifts. A sack is a big momentum shift. You get a sack on a, on a play, then the likelihood of a team converting the third down is basically changes dramatically. Slim to none. So... It's like, yeah, the defense didn't play that bad, but they got to fin- they got to finish when they're rushing the passer. It's there's no ifs ands or buts about it. And then the biggest thing is we were up by double digits, and we can't run the damn ball. Yeah, put put the ball. And in we're Davis not fin- we're not hands. finishing drives either. It's that's the biggest thing. And I mean that that comes from not being able to run the ball. If you get the ball in the red zone and you can't run it, it's gonna be hard to score. No, yeah, this dude Pete's. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. That that that's so unbelievable. It's always been we run the ball, we play good defense, we don't have a quarterback. Now, I mean, we don't do any of the three. Max Johnson looks like the biggest moron of all time. He he looks like a child. That's what's like freaking me out is he literally looks like a kid. But then he just like 
he just looks like he's dumb. He looks dumb. Yeah, he looks. He every time he looks at the sideline, he looks like he just got hit square in the forehead with a baseball bat. Yeah, like the like, like <laughs> dude. He does. There's nothing going on in there. I'm sure of it. I don't know what's going on with Coach O. Call it a midlife crisis. You may have been the yeah. one to say that. Like, well, the biggest thing is like, you just wonder. Ever since we lost Aranda and and Joe Brady, it's like we haven't been able to fill those roles with big names like. LSU has always been able to get when, hot and top-notch assistant coaches. Yes, when Marcus Freeman turned us down and went to Notre Dame. Yeah, it was a, it was just like basically like he's coming to LSU. Yes. After he visits, he decides not to. It's yeah. like what's going on in-house that he said, uh, what do I'm you, good. Why are the top assistants walking away from coaching the best talent in the country? And so people are already talking about it. They're like the LSU job's better than the USC job. Well, no shit, but they're like, Basically ruling O out, like saying like, well, the LSU job is going to be more enticing than USC. So they're ruling. They're basically saying like, man, he's gone. Like he's going. There's good. The LSU job's going to be available. Yeah, I mean, look if you know you don't make a bowl game, he, you're gone. Yeah, no, I mean we got lucky, lucky that Marco Wilson threw a shoe last year and we beat Florida. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, so what are your thoughts, Justin? You think? How, um, how I agree about? with what Nick said about, I mean, I never think you should fire a coach midway through the season, especially maybe Urban Meyer. Yeah. May, yeah. He might, <laughs> but especially with this team right now, like there's no will to win. There's mm-hmm. no drive in this team. It seems like, except for maybe Damon Clark, whatever his first name is. Yeah. But even he's a damn idiot. Yeah, talking all that shit while we're getting him while Bo Nix is embarrassing us. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Go this ahead. is the worst set of linebackers in the history of LSU. Yes, we've always had good linebackers, good running backs, and we've been able to run the football. We don't, we haven't seen that the past. We've two always years. had at least a guy like that's the guy, Devin White. I remember I really liked Kendall Beckwith. Uh, I mean, we, obviously we had Quan, yeah, Debo. We had all, all, but most of the times is there's like multiple NFL talent playing yeah. next to each other at the same time. Even yeah. even when it felt like we did, it's like I remember like the Duke Riley days. Like Duke Riley, even it was in the. You NFL. could just feel their presence. Yeah, you know? no, just sideline to sideline, patrolling the field, like hawking people down. It's like I remember we got Jabril Cox, and it's like okay, he's slow as shit. Like yeah, he, and he, Clark's not fast either. Yeah, like. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's not getting easier either. I mean, there's somebody that's dropping out for the rest of the year every week. Yeah, I can't even blame Stingley to be honest. Like I couldn't blame Jamar Chase when you're guaranteed. I've been saying it for years. I don't know how Stingley suits up, but you got to be a different a different breed to be able to suit up. Knowing like you're just playing because you love the game, but he had foot surgery. Yeah, right. He probably had like an ingrown toenail, and they said call it call it a season. Yeah, well, he's he's probably, you know, if LSU wins, then maybe he thinks about coming back yeah. because we're still in position, at least going into whoever we're playing next, to be able to compete in the SEC because we didn't have any yeah. SEC losses. But it's like yeah, once you can't compete anymore, it's like what what else do you want him to play for, you know? We're not no, competing yeah, exactly. for the national championship. We're not competing for exactly. an SEC championship. Everybody wanting to get mad at these players like, I'm of the mindset of thank you for 2019, greatest season of all time. Go get, go make a life changing money. Like he, the best cornerback in the nation. I don't care what anybody says. He'll be the first corner off the board, and he should be. So, take a seat, rehab your ingrown toenail, and go make 
life-changing money. I can't be mad at the guy one bit. Um, but yeah, who, who knows what's going to, what's going to happen with LSU. Who knows? Uh, they're saying it's Lane Kiffin, a guy for the job. It's like, it's like he's going to dip out on Ole Miss after two years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was him, I would. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a tough, I mean, dude, that atmosphere, like death Valley on a Saturday night, like it's got, it's like they tell folk tales about that shit. Like LSU's the real deal. We just need. I don't know. Might might need a might be time for a change of command. But all right, let's talk about the Saints too. So um I was in the dome. First things first, the COVID protocols are absolute horseshit. Absolute horseshit. I could have showed her a piece of paper that said I am vaccinated in crayon and she would have <laughs> let me in. I swear. She didn't even look at it. I'll keep my negative test and I'll use it next time I go to the game. So yeah, make a copy for me. Yeah, sure, I will. And then um, see, that's what I was wondering because I was telling somebody. Well, Cantrell was pissed. No, yeah, nope, well, nobody cares? had a mask on. Yeah, no. Yeah. Screw her sure. and have everything she stands for. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, somebody was telling me like the preseason game they weren't even checking, and I was like, yeah, I was like, how can they? You know, imagine. 70,000 people walking in with ID mm-hmm. and piece of paper, and then you got to scan the ticket. Yep. It's like, you know how long it's going to take to – there's yeah. already backed up lines there. It's like, you know how long it will take to get everyone in there? No, yeah, I pulled my ID out. I no, Like, unprompted, nobody told me to pull my ID out. I just assumed, okay, I'm going to need it. How else – it could be anybody if I don't show my ID. And uh, didn't look at either one. Just said, you're good. I said, okay, thanks. I said, I'll remember that for uh, the next game when I don't feel like spending – like $80 on a PCR test. Um, but yeah, so nobody had a mask on. Uh, one thing, I, I don't know. It's like if they don't want, I thought they always used to take your bottle caps, you know, Oh, for the beer. Well, no, like if you got a water or a Coke or anything, yeah, like, you're right. Yeah. They, they used did always, used to, yeah. they don't do that anymore. Lindsay had a bottle. I'm like, how do you have a bottle cap? And I'm looking like everybody's got a bottle cap. I don't know if they don't want people touching the drinks or anything. Like, so I guess I just that stood out to me because I remember they used to because I, I remember people were looking for shit to throw after the, the <laughs> NFC, the no call game. Yeah. So and nobody had a bottle cap. Um, But yeah, so let's talk about the game itself. Obviously, I was there. Um, My voice has recovered just in time for this episode. Uh, it was very I got chills. I was definitely happy to be back. There's no place that I love more than going to the Superdome for a game. Um just to be back in that atmosphere was really cool. I will say it was maybe 75% capacity, ton of open seats. Yeah. That's what my dad was saying. A ton of open seats. I was Which that's not surprising to me. Well, when you put these damn regulations on, yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's what I was, he was saying it was not, it wasn't like anywhere near as loud as it usually is. No, it was not. But, and I was telling him, I was like, dude, you take away like, Primarily the unvaccinated people are like the blue collar working class folks that, you know, the most squeak, make ends meet just to afford season tickets. And then you're going to tell them, you know, we don't care about what you want. Yeah. Your feelings or anything like that. And those are the most passionate fans. The people up in the nosebleeds are the ones who are screaming the loudest. Um, So, yeah, no, I, I agree. You. So there's probably a lot of those people that are just like, I'll just watch from home. So. Uh, I will say it was, I agree with your dad. It was not anywhere. It got loud a few times, but not like what it used to be. Yeah. Not like what you, I'm used to that. That NFC championship game, you were there. Um, loudest I've ever heard it. 
loudest I've ever heard it. There was a couple times where I stopped yelling and just kind of sat back and I'm like, my head was vibrating. Mm-hmm. Like it was so loud. Um, but yeah, so the game itself, everybody keeps wanting to put it on the defense. I do not. Uh, you may, well, I'll, I'll, we'll, you can give your opinion on it. I look at it from the standpoint of there were zero points scored in the first quarter, either side. Old school days, we'd be up at least 14. So zero points scored. Um, what they have? 10 points scored nine with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, I believe. Was it 21 to 10? Yeah. And we're putting the game on the defense. The defense blew the game late. But it never should have came down to the defense. Yeah, I agree. Ten points scored, nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Old school days, we'd have 35 points by that time. We were walking 30-point offense. Like, I felt like the defense played pretty good, honestly. Ben don't break, got off the field when they needed to, stood tall in the red zone. Um, and then a busted coverage to Saquon. The, the first touchdown never should have been to John Ross because we want to kick a fucking 58-yard field goal mm-hmm. with a kicker that we cut the next day. Yeah. Why the fuck are we doing that? Uh, Jameis Winston throws a gorgeous deep ball touchdown to Kenny Stills that they called holding on. I didn't like the call of holding, to be honest. Oh, the hands to the face? Oh. Yeah, it was holding. Yeah, it, it was on the, on the right. Yes, yeah, so, so, yeah, not the right. T- it was whoever was on the right side. Yeah, of the it line. was Troutman. It, his... I didn't get he was in look. bad position, but it's like I seen, I seen more egregious. The guy kind of fell. Now. It looked like and just gave himself up and like yeah. looked like he was fishing for a call, and they give it to him. So then the very next play, we come out and we give the ball to Taysom Hill, who Sean Payton fucking ran to the podium to give him an excuse that he slipped, <laughs> that he tripped when he's throwing. Uh, okay, don't fucking throw the ball. Then he wasn't touched. Why are you tripping yeah, over no, your own feet? I see feet? people talking about this on Twitter. It's well, why are you tripping over your own feet? It's like I don't give a shit if his feet were bad or what. No, yeah. I don't care that he can't. That that's why he can't throw. I care that he can't throw. Yeah, I care that his feet are getting tripped up without getting touched. Not oh well, his feet got tripped up. That's why the throw was no, bad. No, he can't throw. No, yeah, that regardless was regardless of his or you know, his feet, even, arm, even if he toes. did, even if he did throw it how he wanted to, it wasn't open. Yeah. It wasn't even close to open. He could have six fucking that's feet. Their, he, can't, he can't throw, period. That's their bad. That's their best corner. That's Bradbury. That's their best cornerback yeah. by far, and you're going to try him a 6-1 corner versus a 5-6 receiver on a yeah. jump ball? I've never seen somebody throw touch passes on a deep ball. Bobby Bear said it. You're supposed to sling that thing. Jameis lets that bitch fly. Oh, yeah. If you Even if you look at his old, like when he, Taysom's deep balls against Minnesota, he like short arms them. He's like trying to touch past them in there. I'm like, what are you doing? Like when you would, when you see Mahomes sling that bitch, like he is fucking throwing it to the moon. Like, I don't know. I'm so tired. I think I put it on Facebook. Taysom Hill's our second best running back and our fourth best quarterback. Yeah. Like stop letting Taysom Hill throw the ball ever. That run he had was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give credit where it's due. That run was incredible. He made like eight people miss, not miss, ran through eight tackles. Um, and then comes and throws the worst pass of the game. So I, I'm so tired of this love affair with Taysom Hill. Take the training wheels off of the offense and let Jameis go to work. Let him throw the ball. He's got arm talent to make the throws necessary. He's obviously nervous as fuck and doesn't want to make a mistake. Sean Payton said he's not going to throw 30 interceptions. Like, he grilled that out of him. So it's like, dude, I don't know. I... I 
the Giants are better than people want to give them credit for, too, oh, yeah. in my opinion. I, I said coming into the year, I felt like you agreed. Like, we felt like the Giants were going to be better than they have been. The Giants very easily should have been, could have been and should have been 2-1. and one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost a game because the guy jumped off sides. And if you go back and look at it, he really didn't even jump off right. sides. Yeah. So, that's what I kept trying to tell everybody. They're like, well, they're 0-3. I'm like, okay, you haven't watched a single fucking Giants game. If you have, then you would know that they're the best 0-3 team without, a, mm-hmm. without question. Like... So, but regardless, we shouldn't lose to them, especially when we have a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. I think they said, I read, uh, we had never lost a double-digit lead with Drew Brees in the fourth quarter. But everybody's putting this game on the defense. Why is that? Because we had shit defenses for years. It's because Drew yeah. Brees was fucking good. And we were going down and we were putting points on the Yeah, board. we were too, too conservative down there at the end. Yeah. From Taysom's interception, Jameis threw the ball, I think it was once, in till like the final drive or some shit. I, I can't remember exactly the specifics, but he took the ball out of Jameis's hands. Taysom fucked up, not yeah. Jameis. Why are you taking the ball out of his hands? So I don't know. It's it's extremely frustrating. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I feel like people just and y'all can disagree if you disagree, but I I don't see how you put that all on the defense when we go that they had 10 points with nine points in the fourth quarter. That should be a win without a doubt. We were up 11. Yeah. And even to make that play call with James, I mean, Taysom, it's like Jonathan Vilma, he called the game Mm -hmm. with whoever the other guy is. Um, He was saying like after that holding call got called on Troutman on the touchdown of stills, he was like, yeah, that's unfortunate because their Saints are probably not going to be able to catch the Giants sleeping like that in the, on the back end. And the very next play, we try to chunk it deep with a worse throwing quarterback. Yeah, well, it, it like, yeah, it makes zero sense. So Sean Payton's got to start owning owning up to some of this shit too. So, and I don't think it's a good thing whenever he does that too, because I feel like Jameis already is kind of lacking confidence. And whenever he takes him out on you know third and seven, puts Taysom in, yeah, to, and gives him a a passing play, then it's just kind of like, well, why the fuck don't we have Jameis doing that whenever he needs to be throwing the ball? Yeah, I just feel like I feel like Jameis is still trying to find his spot. Like, you know, I think he said today in his press conference was like, the trust will come. He's like, Drew Brees didn't have his trust four games in. Mm-hmm. So he's saying all the right things. I will say, when Taysom ran that touchdown, that, in, that incredible touchdown run, Jameis sprinted oh, down that. the sideline, first person to him. Yeah. That's why I keep trying to point out like to everybody that I'm with. Like people just want to hate on this dude. And I don't know. Yeah, you it. won't find a better person or teammate than yeah. James Winston. If you go look at if you go look at whenever we send the captains out for the coin toss, I don't know why we've been sending three captains and leaving one like in between the sideline and midfield. Mm-hmm. Jameis goes and stands by him and puts his arm over him. I've saw it in Carolina and then I saw it in the dome. So I'm assuming he's doing it every time. Um Everything about the guy I like. Like, he's saying all the right things. You can tell he's working fucking hard. Uh, so, I don't – I would rather take the training wheels off and it not work than keep doing this fucking baby-ass offense and and trying just to make sure Jameis doesn't mess up. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It, and I get it. They're waiting. I feel like Sean Payton's trying to manufacture some wins until we get healthier because we're right. about to get a lot healthier. So. Oh, yeah. It, the team is going to look different. I'm by no means like throwing in the towel on this season, not even close, but 
I don't know. You'd like to see us pull that one out, but I would like to see people understand that the defense did not play as bad as all the casual fans want to make it out to be. So, but all right, that went kind of long, I guess. So, all right, let's recap college football of last week. Uh, like I said, fucking horrendous week for me. I added two games late. Me and Nick added both of the same games and thank God we did. But all right, Maryland plus three and a half. We were both on this one. Uh, Maryland's best wide receiver uh, broke his leg right off the bat, and that pretty much summed up how the night went for Maryland. Uh, Tulsa minus four and a half, horrendous pick. Houston is much better than Tulsa, apparently. Tulsa was four and a half point favorites, and they got blown out by like 50. Terrible pick. Miami minus five and a half. Justin was on the the right end of this. I don't care what you say, you got incredibly lucky. Uh, I did not know De'Eric King was out. That's why I tweeted, I dropped the ball bad on that game. That's on me. I apologize to anybody that took that pick. I know a couple people texted me directly. I'm sorry. Um, I did not know De'Eric King was out. I got to do better research than that. That's on me. Uh, but even with that being said, I got this game at four. They had a chance to go cover the spread. I got the game at four. I still endorsed it at five and a half. Yeah, it closed at three and a half. Yeah, so it came back down. I guess what, when they knew De'Ara King was out maybe? Probably, yeah. Um, They had the ball in the red zone to go to go win the game and cover the early spread and the late spread. Uh, and they decided to play it safe and try to kick the field goal for the win. That's why I texted Nick and and uh, Justin and said, I hope, he, I hope he shanks this shit, and he doinked it. Good for you. Fuck you. Fuck Miami. Uh, Notre Dame plus two and a half and Texas A&M minus seven and Wisconsin minus two. I'm going to pair them all together because I keep betting on shitty fucking quarterbacks. They all suck. Pick one, all three of them. They're terrible. Four if you add in fucking pine. They're all terrible. Calzada sucks. But the worst of all is Graham Mertz because he sucked and then he finally puts a drive together before the half. Looks like, okay, maybe he's going to like maybe do something in the second half. And then he breaks his fucking ribs. So... All three of them suck. I'm done betting on these shit-ass quarterbacks. Uh, LSU minus three and a half. I really felt like LSU looked pretty good to start. Left some points on the field. We touched on it a little bit. Uh, Bo Nix fucking making miracle plays. Uh, well, the, stro- the the clock strikes midnight tonight, Bo, uh, or this weekend. Uh, Georgia minus 18 and a half. Covered easily. Sorry, Josh. Like Nick said, you're the dog. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, under 44. Looked good until it didn't. Uh, Boise State, minus six and a half. Bad pick. Boise's dead. Ole Miss, plus 14 and a half. Worst pick. Ole Miss is dead. Lane Kiffin, uh, I don't know what that was. Get your popcorn ready. He drops the mic headset, stares into the, uh, into the camera, and then proceeds to be down like 31 nothing in the blink of an eye. So then I added BYU, minus eight and a half, uh, which that might have been on a different night. But regardless, they covered. Me and Nick both added Air Force first half minus six and a half and Air Force minus 11 and a half outright both covered. So I went a horrendous four and 10 worst week that I had this year and it will be the worst week that I have this season. So Nick Maryland plus three and a half on Friday night, five turnovers in the first half. I said, if they take care of football, they'll have a chance to win. They didn't take care of football. seven total 51 over 14, whatever it was. Purdue minus two and a half. Purdue's primarily a passing offense. This game was played in the monsoon. Purdue ends up losing a, a very, very close game. And um, primarily it was because they couldn't finish drives. And Minnesota caught them with a couple of deep balls. Cincinnati minus two going against Notre Dame. 
Uh, it was just kind of a little bit of a uh, defensive struggle at first, and then Cincinnati put together a few drives and ended up winning by double digits. Ole Miss plus 14. Shouldn't ate that popcorn. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Nevada plus six and a half. Carson Strong is getting better and better every game. And Nevada, what surprised me here is the success Nevada had running the football and then the success that uh, they had on defense. I didn't think that their defense was going to play as good as they did against Boise. But I don't know. Looking at it, like Boise didn't play. Like Bachmeyer didn't play a bad no, game. No, he didn't. But – but what shouldn't surprise you is that Boise's inability to stop the run because I don't know why they have forgotten how to stop the run this year. It's been terrible. Yeah. Liberty plus two uh, against UAB. This game was kind of a close one. Liberty kept getting it in the red zone in the beginning. This was not close. And they weren't – They weren't by I, I mean, close four. in the beginning. Yeah. It was like kind of a game you where were you sweat. were pulling your hair out in the beginning because yeah. they kept – Liberty kept getting the ball with goal to go, one yard to go, and then not scoring. And then they ended up pulling it away big time. But I said the Liberty defense was going to be the difference, and they were. Once also, a, it helps to have Malik Willis, who yeah, just once runs away from out, everybody. Once the coach figured out that Malik Willis was Booby Miles, then it's okay. <laughs> he can do it all. So just let Booby do it all, and he'll take care of it. And Georgia minus 16 and a half. Nothing else to say about that. Georgia's probably – they should be ranked number one, in my opinion. Yes. Air Force minus six and a half and Air – first half and Air Force minus 11 and a half. This was a late ad. Covered easily in both of them. LSU minus three. We talked about it. Uh, this one cost me a good bit of money, but it is what it is. Yep. Uh, Justin, you had eight plays. All right. Um. So my first one, I had Virginia – plus five and a half, and I will be the first one to say that Virginia's maybe covered the spread like two or three times, and every single time, they're lucky as shit. They had two, 14 points on two dropped interceptions. What What's his, Armstrong or whatever? Whenever he throws, he looks like if you were right-handed, yeah. and like you're just like fucking around, you're like, oh, I'm going to throw left-handed. Like, yeah. That's what he looks like yeah. every yeah. single time he, he throws does, the ball. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I got another lucky win. Uh Michigan plus two. They covered uh Rutgers plus fifteen. Um not yeah. even a chance. Got shit canned. <laughs> Ole Miss, um, y'all covered that. Oregon minus eight. They ended up losing outright in, in overtime. overtime. Yep. Um Army minus seven and a half. Ball State's defense was way too much for Army. Uh Liberty plus two. That one hit uh, in the end of the game. And then UCLA and Arizona State over. I think they covered that at halftime. Yeah, that was that was a good one. Yeah. No, yeah, that was a good pick. They covered, yeah, that was like. Yeah, I think they hit the over with like eight minutes left in the third quarter. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you say Liberty covered at the end? No, I, I meant okay, like I in Liberty. the beginning, like when, like they kept going to the yeah. end zone, and then he just fucking no. Yeah, it was frustrating. Me and Nick were watching, it. and Nick was screaming. At and his it was like every time Liberty would get a big play, that it was like, all right, this game's turning around. Liberty's going to run away. Penalty flag. Yep. It was just driving me nuts. Yeah. Well, I, I literally watched Malik Malik Willis scramble, but like I looked <laughs> to the side for a second. And then I looked back and I saw him running. I was like, did they just do an end around to like their fastest receiver on the team? Like he is unbelievably fast. Oh like, yeah. Makes fast people look not fast. Um, yeah. Once the coach realized, all right, just give it to him, give it to him and we'll win. But okay. Let's look ahead. Um, to this week, I got to bounce back. That was terrible. I was 21 and like 17. Now we're, uh, 25 or yeah. So, 
we'll give you the updated records. I went four and ten. I'm sitting at 25, 27, and two. I'm three and three on my big easy bets of the week. Nick went a respectable, a damn good 60%. Any way you look at it, 60% is always good. Uh, he is now 20, is that 2019 and one? Yep. Uh, he is three and three on his locks of the week as well. Justin went four and four. He is 25 and 19, and he is four and two on his locks of the week. So, yeah, let's look ahead. Justin, you said you got two Thursday games? Um, Yes. All right. Well, there's only two Thursday games. So let's start with a Coastal Carolina at Arkansas State. Coastal is minus 19 and a half point favorites. Which side are you leaning? All right. It's no secret. Everybody on this podcast knows I'm a Coastal guy. So going with Coastal let's, again. Let's not get it twisted that we were the Coastal guys last yeah, year. Yeah, I discovered Coastal yes, Carolina Nick on an did. accidental <laughs> bet against Kent. Uh, I. I meant to bet Kansas, but I yeah. accidentally punched in Coastal Carolina. And then we proceeded to bet them, like, or at least yeah. I did, like every week. Um, let me ask you a question. It's my rocky world. So you're taking Coastal minus 19 and a half? Yes. Do you know that Grayson McCall is in a walking boot? Well, no matter. No? <laughs> sure I didn't care. know that, actually. You didn't or I, did? I did not. I mean, I can't say shit. I didn't know De'Aaron King was out, but. Uh, I was eyeing down the first half spread of this game, and then upon doing some research, I realized that Grayson McCall is in a walking boot. Uh, I'm assuming that means he's out. I haven't seen a uh, solid confirmation that he's not playing, but if he's in a walking boot, probably not great. It's definitely not good, yeah. Yeah. Is he going to play in it? Um, Are you on this? No. Okay. So I'm done with these bums. I mean, they have been covering, like <laughs> except for one. Um, well, I know the week I decided to take them was the week. I know, I know. So I'm done. I mean, I just but Arkansas State actually, believe it or not, does have a good um, passing offense. Do you know who their quarterback is? No. Nope. Are they still running two quarterbacks? Do you know who their quarterback is? Oh, is it who I think it is? I don't know. I might have looked into it. Is it Blackman? It is Blackman. Florida State transfer. Yeah, I do. Run. Yeah, so they're sense. not probably not running two quarterbacks anymore. But yeah, I don't I, believe they are. He's got some yeah. skills. He, I mean, he got recruited. He has the raw talent. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so I was looking into this one. I was thinking about taking him first half. Once I realize McCall's out, I'm going to stay away. But are you still you still back in this? Yep. Even without McCall, I think I'll play. Okay. Um, all right. So you're on Coastal minus 19 and a half, and then Houston going on to play Tulane. Uh, in Louisiana, Houston is six and a half point favorites. Which side are you leaning there? Um, I'm actually taking a different approach and going with the over. Okay. At fifty nine and a half. Okay. Thursday night in New Orleans, I think it's just going to be electric. I think a lot of freaks <laughs> are going to be out. Yeah, I do too. The <laughs> superior margaritas are going to be flowing. It's it's going to be it's going to be a good night. Dana Holgerson will probably have a few of those. Nothing but um, a bunch of freaks and geeks at Tulane. That's all I know. Yeah, probably so. Um, are any of y'all on a Friday game? No. Are you? Mm-mm. Okay. Am I? <laughs> I don't think so, but go ahead and tell me which one you're on. I am not. Oh. But you got Temple at number five ranked Cincinnati. You got Charlotte FIU, and then you got Stanford going on. Oh, yeah, I'm Arizona not on State. those. Actually, I'm not on it, but I would strongly consider Stanford. Plus 12 and a half? It's 13 now. Oh. Why why is it that many? 
Stanford's turned it around. They just obviously just beat Oregon. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they're looking at this as a letdown. Arizona but State. Why would it who not did be? they play last week? They just upset. UCLA. Not upset, but they got a good win over UCLA. Yeah, yeah UCLA was favorites. Yeah. So that's probably why. I mean, maybe they're like. But it, I mean, I mean, yes. If you if you're gonna pick one of the teams to be the letdown spot, it would be Stanford, just upsetting number three ranked Oregon in overtime. Arizona State's defense played damn good uh, against UCLA. So, but that still feels like a lot of points. Thirteen. If yeah. it if it grows to fourteen, I don't think it will. But if it does, I might I might uh I might go back to that and take a look. I mean, dude, Stanford's quarterback is not playing bad at all. He's thrown for over a thousand yards, eleven touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, he lit up Oregon. Yeah. So that's a game that I'm going to keep my eye on. I'm not I'm not on it yet. I want to look into it a little bit more, but I'm I don't know. That's a lot of points. So, all right, let's dive right into it. Uh our game of the week, our live stream game is going to be the Red River Rivalry. Say that three times fast. Go ahead. Say Red it. River Rivalry. Red River Rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, say it three times fast. Red River Rivalry, Red River Rivalry, Red River Rivalry. Okay, that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got number six ranked Oklahoma Sooners going to the Cotton Bowl to take on the number 21 ranked Texas Longhorns. Oklahoma's three-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under currently sits at 64. You want to go first? Yeah, I'm not going to – I'll just, like, preface it and everything, like the what's going on and where these teams stand – because I haven't officially made up my mind yet, but um, I have, and I've gone back and forth a million times. Just for it's a record. tough one to me to pick, to pick, but here, here we go. Week after week, I keep thinking this is the week Oklahoma is going to crank it up on offense, and they don't. Yep, they continue to play average football, protecting it, and they're lacking the explosive plays that we're used to seeing from them. Oklahoma's defense has played good and kept them in many games when offenses struggled to put up points. Oklahoma's defense this week, though, is going to have their hands full. They're facing a Texas offense that is balanced, putting up 204 yards passing per game and 269 yards rushing per game. Is Oklahoma's defense capable of slowing down B. John Robinson on the ground? Yes. But You're where, saying yes, you think they are? Yeah, but I think that where Texas could use B. John Robinson is in a passing game. Um, last week, Oklahoma slowed down K-State's Deuce Vaughn on the ground, only allowing them to run the ball 15 times for 51 yards, 3.4 average. But K-State found a way to get him involved in the passing game where he racked up 10 receptions, 104 yards, and a touchdown. I think that it, Texas's game plan has to be to get Robinson involved in the passing game in order for them to have success on offense, and that will – Slow probably be able to open up the rushing attack with him. The question is, if Texas does have success on offense, is Oklahoma going to be able to play from from behind, and will they be able to open up the offense without turning it over? So that that's where I, that's where I see the big question is: Oklahoma this year compared to last year has not turned the ball over like they did last year. They've been protecting the football, but the offense has been, quite frankly, conservative. 
So it's like if they have to come out of that conservative mode. It's because Rattler is not good at throwing a deep ball. He's really not. Like they the rankings-wise, he's like one of the worst in the power five. But from 19 yards and in, he's the number one rated quarterback. Because I guess because they're playing so conservative. Um, but I felt like that was weird. Like when I saw that. Yeah, generally when I like it's like I think there's a lot of people saying has Oklahoma been holding it back and I don't think that's the case. I think I've just watched too much football. A team is what they've shown. You know what I'm saying? It's like all of a sudden they're not going to be able to start doing things that it's like in college football, if you're able to blow teams out and do it, then you would. It's not like yeah. you're playing conservative on purpose. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not You're not willfully keeping a game close. Right. So it's like, I would expect, the Texas defense isn't strong, but I do think that their offense is close, good enough to keep this game close. I mean, I, I don't see, I don't see this game turning into a blowout by any means. So, like I said, I, and are you on this game, Justin? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have gone back and forth a million times. I was all the way on Texas, and then I was all the way on Oklahoma, and then I was right in the middle. And now, so obviously we know Texas made the quarterback change. Casey Thompson is now in at quarterback. And they put him in at, I would say, a favorable spot. They put him in against Rice. So they go in and they trounce Rice 58 to nothing. Rice is 99th in the nation in defensive efficiency. Then he plays Texas Tech, which Texas's defense wasn't spectacular. They just put up a 70 piece on him. So it didn't look, it didn't appear to be close. Texas Tech is 74th in defensive efficiency. Then they go play TCU, which this Gary Patterson defense is not what it normally is. Um, and I mean, right there at the end. Um, they hold on and I guess end up. Yeah, this game, the score looks closer than it was. Yeah. So Texas was in position there towards the end of the game to uh, go for a two-point conversion and make it a 14-point game. They failed and TCU went down and scored a late touchdown and, mm-hmm. and lost by five. But it's like that that was another instance of where the two-point conversion came right back to the to affect the spread. Mm-hmm. When we talked about this game last week, the spread was five. It closed at four. So it's like if you had it betted earlier in the week, then you then you pushed. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean like so in the second half, Texas won the second half ten to nine. So it's not like I don't feel like TCU's defense is as good as it normally is. And Casey Thompson did not really light it up. He had two passes that were just dropped by TCU would have been picks mm-hmm. like right in their hands dropped just like Miami. So that worries me. Um, I also too Texas's left guard is hurt. Yeah, I did hear that. He's out. So, so whenever it was. Okay. So when pressured against TCU, like clean pocket, Casey Thompson had a passer rating of one fourteen. Clean pocket, and when he got the ball out under two seconds. That's pretty damn fast. I feel like most quarterbacks are going to have a good passer rating. When he was pressured and had to either move around in the pocket or hold the ball a little longer than he wanted to, he had a passer rating of seven. So that stood oh, fuck. that stood out to me. 
Um, yeah, the question is, is Oklahoma going to be able to pressure them? Because I'm, I'm pretty I mean, with sure. The, with, I think so. I, they're I'm 94th in the nation in sacks. Yeah, but with their ability to stop the run, I feel like. I feel like Oklahoma has the better defense of the two. Yeah, I did too. Um, They have some questionable tackling at times, but I feel like a lot of those Big 12 schools do. The loss of the left guard, I feel like, is a problem. Um, We just saw, like you said, they were able to basically neutralize Kansas State's running back. I think you said it first before anybody, but I I now agree. I think B. John Robinson is the best running back in the nation. But Yeah, and his ability, like – when I talked about him, like what separates him from all the other good running backs is the, all the other good running backs like Spiller and all these other guys, they're good at running. Yeah. This guy can get and line up at wide receiver and run wide receiver routes. Yeah. So he's like next level good. Yeah. And that's where I think that Texas has to use him in, in a creative way to get him the ball. And do I think that they can? Yeah. It, this game's such a tough one to pick because it's like, you just look at the last. I think Texas is covered in the seven of the last nine. They have, but they all are so close. The games are always so close. Yeah, if you remember last year, you remember it went to four yeah. overtimes. I had the over. And I it do. Was like I remember. It wasn't gonna hit at all. Right. I was it so wasn't even close. Mad. Yeah, I was so mad. And then I'm like, oh my god. Next thing I know, we're in the fourth overtime. It hits by like twenty points, like whatever it was. Um, I mean, realistically, do you think? Because after looking at it, like. Okay, do you think that Casey Thompson is good enough to go beat to go win this game? After really diving into it, I don't know that he is. He worries me big time. I mean, from what I've seen from him, he's a guy that has a lot of the raw talent. So he's got a strong arm. He can throw the ball downfield. Um, the biggest question here is gonna be like you you said it. If if they do sell out and blitz him a lot. That means they're going to have to try to run some screen passes and make it easy on them, mm-hmm. you know, and then test that Oklahoma's defense, test their tackling. Uh, Texas's defense is their tackling could be better. So that's one thing you got to worry about. The big question, another big question here is do we think Oklahoma, how much success is Oklahoma going to have running the football against a Texas defense that is not the strongest run defense? You know what that I mean? Too. Yeah, and between their two running backs, Brooks and Gray, they're averaging over five yards a carry. So Kennedy Brooks is a good running back. He's not he's no B. John Robinson, but he's not like it's not like he's a slouch, you know? Yeah. I mean the tech it's like if you They were, just don't run it as much. I mean, he's averaging damn near six yards a carry, five point nine. So I feel like the way I'm looking at it is like I said, I've gone back and forth a million times. I Rattler didn't play bad last game, if you look at his stats. I mean, yeah. he but they played conservative again. So um, he's not using his legs. He's not really a threat to run. So they're, they're keeping him in the pocket. He's able to move around and extend plays, but he's not a dual threat quarterback right now. I think he has that ability. They're just not dialing up plays for him to run. But talent-wise, I feel like he has all of the talent. I feel like he's almost playing – he's just playing, like, not to lose, it looks like. So – because if you remember last time – he uh, last year he got benched, remember? And he yeah, came and back. Yeah, in the Texas game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Last year in the Cotton Bowl, he got benched in, um, or in the Red River rivalry uh, and came back and ended up leading them to a victory. So, 
I feel like I got to go with the better defense. Uh, the best player on this field is going to be Bijan Robinson, but Oklahoma knows that. So this Casey Thompson has not played a good defense yet. The best defense they played was Kansas. I mean, uh, uh, TCU. So, and that's not, it's not a Gary Patterson defense of years past. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to take the Sooners. I've gone back and forth so many times, so many times. This is extremely tough. I am I'm, I'm excited to see the game. I think it's going to be a damn good game. Uh, but I'm going to take Oklahoma just like you. I wrote down first thing I wrote down was I keep questioning, is this the week Oklahoma wakes up? And then I said, maybe they are awake and this is just who they are. But See, the thing that worries me is like I haven't I I think they might have got lucky against West Virginia. I mean, they play a West Virginia team who's good. They probably should have lost that game, yeah. 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 And they only score sixteen points. Yeah. So it's like But then you look at Texas against Arkansas. Arkansas I mean, uh yeah, Arkansas dominated them in the trenches. Yeah. Dominated them. So and then now they have their left guard out. So if Oklahoma is able to win in the trenches kind of shut down Bijan Robinson and kind of pressure, like I said, seven passer rating on plays that he was pressured by TCU. And I don't think TCU's defense is as good as Oklahoma's, not even close. So it's tough. I don't think there's, I mean, like I said, it's not a lock by any means. So there's no, I I can see why if you go Texas, I can see why. um, It's just a, it's a tough one because, I don't know. I think this could be a good matchup for Oklahoma, but it's going to hinge on their defense being able to get some stops. You know? Yeah, it is. Justin, which side are you leaning? Um, I think one of the reasons why this is kind of like a hard game to really pick this year is because both these teams are just, like, weird. Like, we're used to Oklahoma putting up 50, 60 a game, and mm-hmm. they're barely getting wins, and then one week Texas scores 80. Next week they score 21. Mm-hmm. But um, I think one of the key things for Texas is they're going to have to keep Oklahoma's defense on the field. I think then that will help them a lot. But, um, yeah, I'm going with Texas. Okay. Minus three and a half or plus three and a half. Yeah. But um, a fun fact about this. Okay. Um, Casey Thompson's dad and brother played at Oklahoma. Yep. He was recruited very heavily by Oklahoma. Yep. Said he knows all the coaches, all the players, thinks that's going to help him. <laughs> he said that? He did. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I don't know why he flipped, but um, yeah, he was heavily recruited by Oklahoma. Yeah, I was surprised that he wasn't named the starter. So, yeah, why? He was a 2018 recruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he sat behind Ellinger for, I guess, two why years. Why has he never won the starting job? Well, I mean, Ellinger, I think I think that's one of the reasons like he didn't stay for another year. He had another year of eligibility, and it kind of would have made sense for him to stay. But so why did he not win the job this year against us? Yeah, I don't know why. Because that quarterback, what, what was his name, Cord? It was, uh, it was really Hudson. close. Like, it was a lot. They didn't make a decision till the very Card, end. Cord, that's what it was. He would have lit up Rice, too. Anybody would have lit up Rice that Texas put under center. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I'm. It's like, why did he? But not? he's not. He's he's not as good. Yeah, at least I, in the game, maybe in pra- he's a good practice player. But in the game, I think that's what it had to be. Is that card is just a good practice player. But when the game lights come on, he can't put. He yeah. can't do what he does in practice. Yeah, and and that's 
more than likely what it is. Um, but it's like still Sarkeesian's an offensive guy. Like he and he wants a pro style type quarterback. I don't think Casey Thompson's really that type of pro style quarterback that he's looking for for his offense. Um, but he's making it work because he's a good play caller. He's a good offensive mastermind, if you want to call it that. Um, I just Texas has the better running game, but Oklahoma has a solid running game. Oklahoma has the better defense. If I had to pick which quarterback, just straight up, I'll take Rattler. He's been here before. He's played in this game. He came back against adversity, led his team to a win in four overtimes. Played pretty damn well down the stretch. Um, And was able to have a solid game against – I mean, that's what we're – if we're not used to this, it's this not the Oklahoma offense that we're used to, but they're still quietly – Eh, okay. I was going to say, they're still they're still averaging around 40. Those numbers are skewed a little bit because they put up 76 on who, yeah, the, Western Carolina yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so the numbers are skewed a little bit. They still put up 40 on Tulane. They put up 40 damn near on Kansas State. Um, and that's with, I feel like, conservative play calling. So, Rattler... Yeah, that's a big thing, though, is like Tulane's one and four. Mm-hmm. And Tulane... No, I know. Like, they weren't... They were up three touchdowns against Tulane and they weren't able to put that game away. Yeah. And it's like, wow, it was a pretty damn good effort by, by Michael Pratt. Um, Tulane's quarterback. I mean, he basically put him on his back. He played really, really well. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Tulane is not looking good at all. So why were they able to hang with Oklahoma? But it's like that Arkansas game, 40 to 21. And that doesn't even dictate how that game really went. It wasn't even that close. So, and then, and, like, people were looking at the UL win for Texas. Well, that's not looking like a good win either now because UL's getting beat by teams that they should be destroying. So, um, I mean, really, if you look at Texas's schedule, they have the the ranked win over UL. UL sucks. Then they got destroyed by Arkansas. Then they beat up on a terrible Rice team. They beat up on a terrible Texas Tech team. And then they just – I mean, I say squeak by. They they beat TCU by five. TCU always plays them tough. That's what I said going into the game last week. So, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I'm going to take the Sooners, though. I'm also taking the over 64. I'm hoping for another four overtime games. Um, yeah, I feel I feel like you got to after, yeah. after last year's game. Honestly, really, I part of me, I, I kind of want to take the under. But I'm, yeah, I'd I, take the under yeah, if like, I would. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You, if you think Casey That's Thompson's going to get it going, like I, know, I don't, I don't think Texas's defense is going to be able to stop Oklahoma for much of the game. They might come out early, fired up, and get some early stops, but I don't think that they're going to like shut down Oklahoma. So, I think te- Texas is going to have to put up like twenty-eight points to win this game, at least. I just, I don't think Oklahoma is that good this year. And I'm like, I'm looking at their schedule. I don't think they can make it through the schedule undefeated. It's like, well, which teams have the best chance of beat them? It's yeah. going to be Texas. It should definitely be considered as one of them. Um, maybe TCU. And then, you know, you really got Iowa State and Oklahoma State there at the end. But those teams, I mean, I would consider out of all the teams I just named, I would say that Texas would have the best chance to beat them. So you taking them? I don't know, dude. It's hard. It's like <laughs> just for some stats that might help you uh, feel better. 
Texas is six and one against the spread in their last seven, five and one against the spread in their last six neutral site games. They're also twelve and five against the spread in their last seventeen on grass. Take that on grass. Take that for what it's <laughs> Are worth. They not playing on grass. Uh, no, I'm sure this. Yeah, is on this grass. is yeah. on grass. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, um, Cotton Bowl. Um, give me the Sooners and the over. Oh, shit. Lock it in. Pick your side. I'm going to go with Oklahoma because it's opposite of what I think, what I should bet. <laughs> so what would you tell uh, I'm going to fade the public that? here because there's too much money there on Texas. There is a lot of money on Texas. I'm going to tell you, you might be able to get this at three if you wait. No, no, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I don't think it'll go to four. I don't think it, yeah, I don't think it'll go I'd to I'd be four. surprised, but I could be wrong. I, if it goes to three... I'm all fucking over. I'm, I'm I'm already all over it, but I'm double down all over it, triple down all over it if it goes to three. So, is this your lock of the week? It is not my lock of the week, but if it goes to three points, I I just feel like it should be more points in favor of Oklahoma. Texas hasn't. I think the big thing here is that Texas's best win this year is over TCU. Yeah, UL's not good. UL's not good at all. But even with the um. Even with the, you know, they've allowed a little bit of points at K-State and to um, Tulane. Texas Tech put up. You wouldn't really consider them as high-powered offenses. Yeah. But I do think that this Oklahoma defense is better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. And um, But I do think Texas's offense is better than it was last year. So it'll be an interesting game. But, yeah, I would kind of – I would lean towards the under – even with Lincoln Riley and Steve Sarkeesian? I know. I just think if you're going to bet and Oklahoma, two, you're like, a, uh, no, yeah, I know. I think that Oklahoma's game plan should be to just continue to play how, they're, how they've been playing. Uh, march it down the field, milk the clock, and and win a game by possession or so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you could hear it in my voice as soon as I was saying it. I'm like, mm, but we're going to root for some points to, uh, on Saturday. So, all right, let's go to the next biggest game of the week, uh, arguably the biggest game of the week. Uh, Iowa, Penn State at Iowa. So I, I figured we jump to this one because this will probably. I don't know if y'all have anything on this uh, or are yo on this game. I'm not. No. no. Okay. Just me then. Um, honestly, I feel this was another one. I think we texted about it, and I was like, I don't like really either side. This line's coming down, uh, relatively quickly. It is now one and a half in favor of Iowa. Iowa's the home team. Number four versus number three. I mean. I think it opened at three, huh? It was. Or two and a half? No, it wasn't two and a half. It was it was at least three. Um. So, okay. I'm going to just go come right out and say it. I'm taking the Hawkeyes at home. We just saw what that defense can do against a a Maryland team that was supposed to be damn good at passing the ball. So, um. Penn State has not had success running the ball. A big factor in this game, there is expected to be 20-mile-an-hour wind with 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts. That translates to in favor of Iowa, in my opinion. Iowa's not exactly pounding the rock like they normally do. Um, 
Petrus is not the best quarterback on the field. It is Clifford. He's a lot better, though, than he used to be. He is, and he opened it up against Maryland. The play calling was a lot different than what it normally was. They threw on like 80% of their pass plays the first three. I mean, they threw on like 80% of their offensive plays the first like three or four drives. So a little bit different play calling than uh, traditional Iowa football. Um, Penn State beat. So it's like, how much is it the Penn State defense? Because that, that was what the talk was against Wisconsin. Well, then we realized Wisconsin fucking sucks. Wisconsin's terrible. Graham Mertz is terrible. So I look less upon that performance from the Penn State defense than I do than I did originally. So then you look at who else they've played. Indiana. Not a good offense. I don't know what happened to Penix Jr., but they're not a good offense. They're not what they were last year. Villanova. Uh, it's Villanova. Ball State. It's Ball State. Their best win. I mean, the, you could take a pick. Wisconsin or Auburn. Wisconsin's offense is horrendous. Auburn's offense is not good with Bo Nix on the road. I don't care what he just did to LSU. That was a miracle. Flash in a pan. Penn State's defense has not been tested. I'm not by any means saying that this is the Iowa team that is going to like really test them and light it up. But I don't think that Penn State's defense is as good as advertised. I think Iowa's defense is as good as advertised. So Sean Clifford turned the ball over left and right last year. Uh, I think we see that again from Clifford. I think he turns back the, the clock, goes back to last year, and starts handing the ball over left and right to Iowa. Iowa's damn good at giving their team great field position. Um. They're 14th in EPA per defensive play uh, in the nation. So, they're, I mean, they're number three for a reason, and it's because of their defense. I don't think that Penn State's going to have much success. I'm going to take the Hawkeyes at home. This line keeps dropping. Obviously, money's coming in on Penn State. Yeah, I'm going to take them. It's going to be with Iowa. It's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough game. I'm going to add this one because this is one I was thinking about all week. The wind. The wind. The yeah. wind. What is Clifford going to do? You can't throw in but a the key, 40 mile an hour look, wind gust. Iowa's going to run it on them. They'll, they'll be able to run it on them. Auburn was able to. Iowa should be able to. Um, yeah, I mean, look at, look at uh, real quick, look at how shitty Wisconsin is. Can we all agree that Wisconsin's shitty? Yes. Would you agree? Yeah. Remember the two busted coverages that gifted Penn State two touchdowns? Um, I didn't really watch this game that closely. Okay, well, you should have. It was, <laughs> it was like the biggest game. It was like week one. Uh, yeah, Javon Dotson, who's a damn good receiver, but busted coverage by uncharacteristically a busted coverage okay, by Okay, I do remember defense. this game. This was a low-scoring game. Yeah, it was uh, 16-10, to 10, and they had – Minimally, it was one touchdown on a wide open, like, what the hell just happened? And I'm pretty sure it was both of their touchdowns. So, I don't think that was... I think Penn State is not as good as their ranking. I was thinking the same thing about Iowa, but... Iowa proved What they just did to Maryland. They have a stingy defense. Yes. And quite frankly, we saw a quarterback that looked like he turned it around this season come out and... 
get proved that he did not turn it around when he facing a defense that can force turnovers. Give me the Hawkeyes. Same thing as last. Same thing as last week is going to happen this week. Penn State, Sean Clifford, nine interceptions last year. He might have five in this game. I, I seriously do. I think the turnover problem from last year uh, rears its ugly head this week for Penn State, and uh, that's going to be a big difference. But I will. I would say Iowa will win this game big. Yeah, give me the Hawkeyes. This line's dropping too. It's down to one and a half. I, I mean, what am I missing? I don't believe in players. All of a sudden, they got they figured it out. He turned it around. I don't believe in that. Yeah, you are who you once were. Yes, can never change. Look at Bo Nix. I'm a criminal for life. <laughs> I'm I'm hopping on too. I'm on Iowa. Okay, let's ride then. They're gonna turn around. They're gonna wave to those sick kids at the hospital, and then they're gonna put a show on for them, and then they're gonna beat down on the Nittany. Yeah, Lions. Goodson's gonna have a field day. Do it for the kids. Right. I mean, run game and defense at home. Who 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 is synonymous with uh, Penn State? Jerry Sandusky. Oh yeah, and uh, who was the, the old kids. man? Joe Paterno. Yeah. Rest in peace to Joe Paterno. But, but he was a sicko letting that go on there. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know how much he knew. He didn't know. know. He thought it was <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. He got a lot of wins. Do it, yeah. Kids yeah. coming into the coach's office in costumes and shit. He thought it was Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Do it for the kids. <laughs> screw Jerry Sandusky. Screw the Penn State Nittany Lions. So they're not going to be able to run the ball. I was going to lock up. Give me the Hawkeyes. Suck. Give me the Hawkeyes minus one and a half. You said Penn State's uniforms suck. Yeah, kind of boring. I don't hate them. I'm not gonna lie, but I hate them. This I do week. like them more than Iowa's uniforms. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers, bro. All right. Um. All right. Give me Justin. Give me your. You said you're hopping on this, but give me your next pick for Saturday. Um, I have an 11:30 game. I'm going with Georgia Tech minus three and a half over the Blue Devils. Really? You're going against the Pirate, huh? Yeah. Minus how many? Three and a half. Interesting. Georgia Tech just got embarrassed by Pitt, which was, honestly, I wasn't expecting because they played, I mean, they just embarrassed North Carolina and then hung in close with Clemson. So I do like Pitt with Narduzzi, but that's unrelated. Um, Yeah, Duke. I don't know. They strung some wins together, Northwestern Kansas, but then got blown out by North Carolina. Georgia Tech still runs the same old shit. The option. Double wing. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure they reinvented their offense. They said that. They were going to start passing it. They threw it one time in one game. The crowd went nuts, and then they went back to running the option. No, they like, – from what I remember from last year, I haven't seen them this year, but from last year – Who was the who was the quarterback? Number like 17 or something. No, they're definitely running Dude, the No, that was walking. a long time ago. No, hell no. Who's their quarterback? I well, remember. their quarterback was number 10 last year, Sims. Yes, he was yes, a freshman. Yes, he could run it, but the, yeah, the running back was good too. too. Sims but is, they got a different quarterback now. Oh, it's not Sims? Sims would fumble that damn thing like three times a game. Well, Sims is still there, but he's... He's smoking cigarettes on the sideline. Put him on, put he's him second in uh, rushing on the team. And he's also throwing the ball, but they have another guy, um, Yates. Okay. And, uh, I mean, they're definitely not throwing the ball, but... All righty. Well, I wouldn't bet on any, either one of these teams. I mean, I've always liked Duke with Coach Cutcliffe, um, but Chase Bryce went there and just ruined that program. Um, but all right, so you're on you're on the uh, Yellow Jackets minus three and a half. I'm gonna go to my lock of the week. 
Give me the Bulldogs. Minus 15 and a half. It could be 55 and a half. Fuck Bo Nix. Brian Harson. I love Brian Harson. He should have stayed at Boise because Avalos isn't getting it done. Bo Nix can scramble for his life all he wants. Uh, if they're allowing the pressure that LSU got, if they're allowing that with Georgia, Bo Nix going to be decapitated. So you're going to see a execution live on CBS at 2.30. Give me the Bulldogs, minus 15.5. I would take it if it was 55.5. I don't know how Auburn gets the ball past midfield. Bulldogs, lock of the week. Yeah, I'm on Georgia as well. And if, um, like you said, if LSU had the success they had, Georgia, what Georgia's going to do is they're going to rip Bo Nix's legs off his body and beat the rest of the team with him. It's like, uh, <laughs> so I mean, it's like Friday Night Lights when uh, Dallas, uh, the red team, yeah, Dallas, coach with a lollipop. Yes, when they came walking in and they're playing in the playoffs, but they haven't yet met um, Permian, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were just kicking the dog shit out of everybody. That's what Georgia's going to come walking in like. I need, I need uh, Kirby Smart to walk in with a lollipop, and they're dropping seventy on them. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I felt like LSU played good enough to win that damn game. They they allowed Bo Nix to do whatever he did back there. Ollie Gay is trash. So Georgia has grown-ass men on that defensive line. So good luck to Bo Nix. You'll see a T.J. Finley siding after Bo Nix breaks both of his legs, and then T.J. Finley will break both of his legs, and then Auburn will just say, we're going to just quit. So – it's my lock of the week. Give me the Bulldogs. Justin, are you taking this? Or are you scared of it? I'm scared, but uh, yeah, I'm not taking it. All right, let me ask you this, Justin. If Arkansas and Auburn played, what do you think the spread should be? Neutral site. Neutral site. What I think it would be yes. is Auburn minus two. Auburn minus two. I would take. Razorbacks, though. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you think... Plus two. Okay. Um, well, Auburn just got... I mean, the Razorbacks just got beat by 37. 37 to nothing. They barely got past midfield. Case closed. That's all I needed. I think it's a good pick. <laughs> no, you don't. You're not <laughs> taking it. Um, all right, Nick, give me your next one. Um, Let's see where we're at. Saturday at 2 o'clock on the ACC Network, Virginia is going to play Louisville. Louisville is minus 2.5 point favorites. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Justin, were, were we recording when he said this? The quarterback looks like he's throwing it with, with his uh, not, non-dominant Yeah, yeah, we were recording, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with him. Both of these teams have four defenses. There's no debate in that. I think Louisville has a slightly better rushing attack than Virginia. And on top of that, I think that Malik Cunningham's legs are going to be a big difference, especially on third down. I like Louisville at home laying the two and a half. I have the over 70. That's a very good bet. I do. Their defenses are trash. I was honestly – I'm was. i a little worried about Virginia's offense. Though. I just feel like they come up with so many like plays that are like – They do. There's so much luck involved on there. It's like it's they not going to continue to happen. They're still putting up 34 yeah. though, a game. So – um, but yeah, no, I mean, we saw firsthand how lucky they got, but whatever. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. If they've got that luck on the offensive side of the ball, I'll take the over 70. Um, 
Louisville's defense is bad, and they've been scoring some points lately. So I was strongly considering taking Louisville in this one. Cunningham is definitely playing much better than he did against Ole Miss. So uh, I almost added it just now. I'm not going to lie. But I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm just going to stick with the over. Um, all right, Justin, give me your next one. I have personally two more. Um, I have I have five, uh, four more. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever bet on this team in my entire career, but I'm taking Oregon State minus three and a half against Washington State. Oregon State. I used to bet on Oregon State those late night home games. Um, I've probably taken an over once or twice. But what's the spread? Uh, three and a half. Okay. All righty. You got any reason in why? Against who? Uh, Washington State. You remember those games? Washington State. Oh, Mike Leach. Did Washington State beat um, the other state they played this past week? I forget who they played. They were supposed to lose, but I think they might have inked it, inked it out somehow. Is this a late game? It's got to be, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, you're asking about Washington State? Yeah, last yeah. week. They didn't eked it out. They beat Cal 21-6. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Cal was seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a surprise here because Washington State looked like they struggled. Oregon State eked it out against Washington 27-24. and 24. Yeah, This is an interesting game. This is a, a crappy matchup. Yeah, big time. Um, but, I mean, Oregon State. The Beavers, they usually can run the ball. It's three-and-a-half? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're averaging 229 yards on the ground. So, yes, you are correct. Um, That's a good thing because they're... Oregon State's on a four-game win streak. They beat Hawaii by double digits. Um, if it was on the island, I'd be more impressed. But they beat Idaho 42 to nothing. They beat USC on the road 45-27. And then they just beat Washington by three at home. Yeah, Idaho hasn't been the same since Taysom Hill started doing uh, potato commercials for them. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, I mean, looking at just looking at this straight up, like, at yeah, it looks value, like Oregon, Oregon State's probably a good pick. Yeah, here. yeah, at face value, yes, I agree. Um, depending on how my day goes, that could be a pick that I add. Um, it's at three, so don't oh, don't wait mind. till late. Why is it not at night? It's on the West Coast. If it was at night, I would take the over as well. Damn. Um. All right, Nick, give me your next one. How many more do you have? Um, I don't know. Okay. I don't know how many we went through. I have seven total. Okay. Um, let's see. We talked about Georgia. Alabama minus 17 and a half. You taking them? Going was... on the road to play A&M. Taking Alabama minus 17 I'm and a half. I'm going to take them too. <laughs> and I'm taking Alabama first half minus 10 and a half. Give me both of them. Because, I was just waiting um, to see if somebody was on. A&M sucks. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right, what? why isn't this 30 points? No, I yeah, I have no idea. What's the what's the first half? Ten and a half. Okay, give me that, and then give me 17 and a half. Yeah, I mean, this is a game I, I expect Alabama to cover from a full game spread at halftime. Yeah, I mean, if they want to, yeah. They, yeah. Like, how much does who's going to be playing quarterback for A&M? I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They could have Joe Montana they back could bring there. Johnny don't, Manziel yeah. back. Yeah. Um All right, yeah. I'm on both of those as well. Are you like were you or are you just added? No, I'm just I'm okay. hopping on it. Yeah, sometimes you just got to hear it. 
Because yeah. I was looking at it, and I was like, I wonder if one of y'all are going to be on that. Um, all right, this one was almost my lock of the week. Um, let me see. Make sure the spread did not update. Bear with me. Um, 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 um. Okay. It is a three-and-a-half-point spread. <sighs> Can I guess? Go, it, go ahead. Are you on the favorite? I am. Is it Michigan? False. <clears throat> it is the 0-6 Yukon Huskies. Oh, oh shit. Going on to take on the 0-5 UMass. Uh, what are they? Who cares? Doesn't matter. The losers. Um, <laughs> UConn sucks. UMass sucks worse. The Minutemen, I think. The Minutemen. You are correct. Uh, UConn fired their coach, and it appeared that they did not like their coach because since they fired their coach, they have now lost to Wyoming 24-22. to and then Vanderbilt 30 to 28. That's two two point losses against teams that are better than them. One being an SEC team, one being a very good Wyoming team, or at least what we thought was a very good Wyoming team. UMass just lost to a good a very good Toledo team 45 to 7, Coastal by 50, Eastern Michigan by damn near 20. They got run out of the building by a terrible Wisconsin team offense. Um so UMass hasn't even come close to winning a game. It's UConn's week to win a game. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. They win this game by 10 points. Take it to the bank. It was almost my lock of the week. They want to win. This actually is my lock of the week. Is it really? Yeah, I swear to God. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I mean. UConn's just. Take the Huskies. They're hungrier. Take the Huskies. Hungry dogs run I can't faster. Do it. I mean, you literally. You're on a minus or plus Plus 28. 46. Yeah, plus 28. They were your lock of the week. Get yeah, some redemption. That was a joke, man. Now <laughs> we're doing locks again. <laughs> Get some redemption. Get this one This will be back. their first win in uh, seven years. <laughs> seven years. Why do they still have a program? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's like, what, a year and a half, nah, two it years? it sucks, dude. Take the Huskies and don't even worry about it. Both of these teams are averaging 270 yards of offense. UConn is giving up 460 yards on defense. UMass is giving up 518 yards on the defensive side of the ball. UConn, you win. Justin's lock, my almost lock, take it to the bank, minus three and a half. I think it was three. It might even been two and a half. Loved it there. Should have took it. Um, But I'll still take it three and a half. UConn. You'll take them. You'll come around. Um, and then my last one is, uh, I think it's at six now, BYU minus six. It's like it's like when you got to put your kid in timeout. Like, you don't want to do it. I was about I, to say, are they playing Boise? They are playing Boise. It's, uh, it's in Provo. BYU is at home. Um, Boise's not what they used to be. We need Brian Harson to come back. And honestly, if we ask him nice enough, he might. Because I'm sure after – he looks like he can't stand Bo Nix on the sideline. He looks like he hates every minute of it. Uh, Andy Avalos is not getting the job done for Boise. Boise cannot run the ball whatsoever. I love Boise. It's no it's no secret. Um, but BYU is damn good. They might be getting their starting quarterback uh, back under center. But, I mean, even if Jaron Hall can't go, Romney is more than sufficient to get the job done. They just beat Utah State by double digits. 
Boise on the road is typically not as good as Boise on the blue turf, and this year Boise on the blue turf isn't even that good. So they're giving up almost 200 yards on the ground, 194 yards on the ground. Curtis Weaver, where are you? We need you to come back. Uh, He's in the NFL now because he's a damn good defensive lineman. Algar is going to have an incredible game. They've got weapons at receiver. Give me the give me the Cougars. Yeah, I'm on BYU as well. BYU is in a very interesting position right now because everybody I mean, remembers top, top last 10. year. It was like they were in position to finish the season undefeated, and they got upset in like a last minute schedule game against Coastal. Yeah, you remember that? That was crazy. And um. I think that but might, BYU has a chance to finish this season undefeated and make a really good argument of why they should maybe make the playoff. Yeah. After two really good seasons like that, they returned a lot of players from last year, except with the exception of Zach Wilson. What the quarterback they replaced him with's good, and a backup is decent. So that's a um, unrelated, but back to the Iowa pick real quick. That was one of the reasons why I'm on Iowa too. If Iowa wins this game, it's a cakewalk to the college football playoff. Yeah. So just to further bolster the Iowa pick. But yeah, I mean They don't play Michigan in the regular season or Michigan I, State? I don't think so. I'm like I'm gonna double check that while you if you have any more to say on BYU, but I don't think that they do. Um but that triggered Yeah, it's a Russian attack for BYU that I think uh remained intact and that's a big reason for their success this season. So like you said, um if Nevada can have success running the ball against Boise, then BYU certainly should. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's all from me. Give me your next one. Last one. All right. Is it your lock? I think Coach Kunas might pull him out, pull something out of his ass, and give us a another reason to keep him around for one more week. I'm gonna take LSU plus three and a half. I was considering it, and the reason is is because I don't think Kentucky's offense is any good. Letdown spot for Kentucky as well. Yeah, I think. Um, like the score did not end. Like their their offense did not do that well at all against Florida. So and Auburn's a good football team, and for us to defensively, I know they're not a powerhouse on offense, but we really didn't let them run it all over us. A yeah. lot of those rushing yards come from Bo Nix. Well, been able one, to. There was that one big run. Yeah. by uh, Bigsby, I think. Yeah, at the very end. So I mean, to me, I was surprised by how well we defended against the run. Um. Up until the end of the game, it seemed like we were, wore down a little bit. But, I mean, that's expected when your offense can't convert third down because they can't run. Um, this game will probably not be a high-scoring game. But, I mean, look, your back's against the wall. Lay it on the line. I thought we were a little bit too conservative last week with the play calling and, and the situational. I think there was one situation where I thought it was a good spot to go for it and put this game a little bit further out of reach, and we ended up punting it. Auburn scored a touchdown on that drive. Yep. Um, Go out on your shield. Yeah, dude, lay it on the line. I'm taking LSU plus three and a half. I think that, you know, if you lose this game, you, see, see everybody later. start throwing up because it's only going <laughs> to get worse and worse. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to take it, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you in spirit. Uh, just for the record with Iowa. Say Iowa beat does beat Penn State. They have Purdue. They have Wisconsin, who sucks, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska. Not a cakewalk, but basically, I mean, none of the top yeah, teams Nebraska in the Big would, Ten. I think, would be the best team. Yeah, and then, I mean, you got the Wisconsin defense, but Wisconsin won't pass 
they won't get a first down against that defense. So, um, not that they're going to play any harder than Penn State. Penn State knows if they lose, they're out. So, but still, you win today. I mean, good chance you're going to mm-hmm. waltz in. So, um, all right, Justin, give me your next one. Um, I have my last two, so I'll just give them back to back. Uh, let us hear it. Going with the late Pac-12 game. Going with UCLA and Arizona or Arizona. Yep. Uh, over sixty-one. Okay. And then my other one, I'm going with the evening game, Michigan minus three and a half versus Nebraska. Michigan. You're back on Michigan again. Yeah. Yeah, this was one I was looking at, but Nebraska is one of those tricky of a, teams. I feel like it's a tough spot. Which it is. Granted, I don't like I coming off a shit week, so what do I know? Not much. But kind of a tough spot for Michigan, I think. Three and a half on the road. It's still it's tough. It's a game it's I think they win, but I think it'll be it could be a close one, you yeah, know. Yeah, I think it's they're gonna like when you're looking at it on paper, you would think like, okay, Michigan should beat the shit out of them. But back to back uh in conference road game. So, or was the last one on the road? Um, Let's see. Probably so. Yeah, at Wisconsin. So, back-to-back um, road games on conference opponent. And Nebraska's not bad. They're, yeah. We, got, we were in an f- unfortunate spot because they played the worst game of the year in, in week zero. Yeah. So, yeah, Michigan, I mean, this is a game I could see, like, a late score by Nebraska, like in a game that really wasn't as close, and then they're all of a sudden Nebraska covers on that last score. Yeah, you know, yeah, back door open. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna stick with what I got. The uh, very well may add something, but uh, just to recap my picks real quick, I am on the Red River rivalry: Oklahoma minus three and a half, and the over sixty four. I am taking Iowa minus one and a half. Louisville, Virginia over 70. I'm taking Georgia, my lock of the week. Georgia minus 15 and a half. My almost lock of the week. UConn minus three and a half. It's time to get a win. Give me Bama minus 10 and a half first half and minus 17 and a half full game spread. Then give me the BYU Cougars minus six. Um... Here we go. I'm going to go with Oklahoma minus three and a half in the Red River rivalry. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm taking Louisville minus two and a half at home against Virginia. I'm taking Georgia minus 15 and a half going on the road to play Auburn. I'm taking Alabama going on the road to play AM. I'm taking them in the first half minus 10 and a half. And then I'm also taking them for the full game minus 17 and a half. LSU at Kentucky. I'm rolling with the Tigers here. And a spot that I think will give us a little bit of hope just to be let down in the end of the season. Penn State at Iowa. I'm taking Iowa minus one and a half at home. And then Boise State at BYU. BYU minus six. And I'm going with this one as my my big easy bet, my lock. BYU? Yeah. Okay. Um Keep an eye on. I'm undefeated betting against Boise State. You are. I don't love that. But uh, keep an eye on. I don't know how you measure wind. I don't know if it's a barometer, what it is. Keep an eye. If it is, keep an eye on the barometer in Iowa. 20 mile an hour wind wind with 20 mile an hour sustained wind with 40 mile an hour gusts. That's going to be the difference. The wind. Justin. Um, 
I'm going to be against you guys in the Red River rivalry. Big mistake. Going with Texas plus three and a half. Then I got Georgia minus three and a half versus Duke. Oregon State. Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Oregon State minus three and a half versus Washington State. Tulane versus Houston over 59 and a half. Michigan minus three and a half versus Nebraska. UCLA versus Arizona over 61. Coastal Carolina minus 19 and a half versus Arkansas State. Iowa minus one and a half versus Penn State. And then Alabama minus 17 and a half. Um, and then Alabama first half minus 10. And then my lock of the week. Put your house on it. Put your everything on it. UConn minus three and a half versus UMass. The Huskies, baby. It's time. All right. That is our college picks for the week. I have to have a better week because I'm coming off um, the worst week of the year by anybody in this room. Uh, if you like listening to the Big Easy Bets podcast, then you should like supporting the Big Easy Bets podcast. And you can support us by downloading Prediction Strike. If you are into the stock market, probably not going that well for you. Doesn't go well for much people our age. Our age. Go download Prediction Strike and put your quote-unquote stock market prowess into your sports knowledge. You can cash in big if you were to pick up some Aji P. Ryan, like I said, right after Joe Mixon went down. There's plenty of players, plenty of value. Go download Prediction Strike, buy low, sell high. Use the promo code Big Easy Bets. They will give you a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. Stop what you're doing right now. Go download Prediction Strike. Use the promo code Big Easy Bets. All right. NFL. I had a better week in the NFL than I did in college, but that wasn't that hard. Sunday night, I had the Bengals minus 7.5. This one was pretty frustrating. Um, I think they were down 14 nothing at halftime. They come out and blow blow the doors off of them in the second half. Uh, but the Bengals do not cover. Uh, I had the Bills first half minus 10. Easiest bet of all time. Wish I would have had the full game spread as well. They won by, I think, 40. Vikings plus 2. Um, I'm going to get the score in front of me real quick. But if I remember correctly, they just couldn't score the ball. They they hung in there close. Um, it was a weird score. It was like 9-7 to seven at one point. Yeah, Browns ended up winning 14-7. to seven. I mean, low-scoring game, real low-scoring game. Uh, couldn't get it done at home. Colts plus two. I felt like the Colts had played a tough schedule. Um, I think they were 0-3 coming into this game. They ended up beating the Dolphins outright by 10, 27-17. Uh, my lock of the week was the Buccaneers minus six and a half. No. Tom Brady uh, doesn't know how to play in that stadium anymore, apparently. Uh, we had the under 49 in that game as well. That hit relatively easily. Monday night, Chargers minus three. Justin Herbert's damn good. Um, and then did I? Oh, yeah, I had Chiefs first half minus four. And then I had the Buccaneers first half minus three and a half. I added that one late. Also did not cover. Um, so I went five and four on the week. Nick, you had eight plays. Jaguars, Bengals under 46. I hit this one by one point. That's a winner. <laughs> Dolphins minus two. They played the Colts, and the Colts had a good bit of success running the football against them, and Jacoby Brissett struggled. That resulted in the Colts winning by double digits. The Vikings plus two, low-scoring game like Logan said, 14-7. Neither one of the teams could really get it going that much, and uh, the Browns won. Jets plus seven. I'm proud of this pick. That was a good um, pick. The Jets won outright. 
Yep, in overtime. Against the Titans. Um, the Rams minus four and a half. This was a big surprise to me. Am I going to say that the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL? I'll never admit it. Will I say that I put a futures bet on the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl? Maybe. <laughs> yes, I did. Just because. Sprinkled a little bit. They're fucking good. When are we going to start giving the Cardinals some credit? They're good, but they'll come up slightly short, I think. Because of their head coach? I do think. I think in a, <laughs> like in a close game situationally, I think that for some reason he malfunctions. I put a small little something on the Cardinals just because, but... That was an impressive victory, I got to say. Seahawks plus two and a half going on the road against the 49ers, and the Seahawks won the game. Yes. Buccaneers minus two and a half. Uh, Brady struggled a little bit with his accuracy, and I think that resulted in the Buccaneers not scoring as many points as a lot of people expected them to. Uh, They won a game by two. Did you say two and a half? You mean six and a half, right? Yeah, I might have said two and a half. Um Chargers minus three. Herbert's really good. Probably you can make an argument that he is maybe the best young quarterback in the league right now. I would say so. Um, yeah. hey, him or I would consider him Burrow. as maybe the best. Like Overall? I know that's hard to say going like against more proven guys, but like you would, if, if you were to redraft the quarterbacks, you would go Mahomes and then Herbert. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could make an argument, Josh Allen. Um just because he's young as well. But, yeah, no, I mean, Justin Herbert can make every throw. Yeah. And he is – I mean, he just went into Kansas City, four touchdowns, no picks. Um, and then prime time, Monday night, I mean – The team's good, though. He's got playmakers around him. Yeah. And the defense has you were critical the players of, as well. You were critical of Herbert coming in. I was. Going into uh, the draft, I wasn't, I wasn't sold on his college performance. But, boy, has he proven me wrong. Yeah, no, he's doing better than I thought he would. Like I said, I felt like he would be exactly what Phillip Rivers is, which that's not been proven to be false yet. But like I said, I felt like he would be one of the top tier, if not top tier, just below top tier quarterbacks that can never really win the big one. So we'll see if he can prove me wrong there. But he um, is damn good. He is. Um, Justin, you had only four plays this week. Yep, I had... The Jags plus seven and a half on Thursday night um, ended up losing by three, but they covered. Lions plus three. They decided to turn it on in like the th- end of the third quarter, but it was way too late. They ended up losing. Uh, Seahawks went to 49ers and one, uh, so they covered plus two and a half. And then the Bucks minus six and a half. We'll just blame that one on the weather. The, it was shitty. Blame that one on Tom. Fucking Brady. Yeah. Played like shit. 11 points in fantasy. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So I went five and four. That brings me to 13, four and sorry, 13 and 14, one and three in my locks of the week. Nick went four and four. That brings him to 10 and 15, one and three in his locks of the week. 10 and 15 sounds like shit, but it sounds a lot better than one and nine. So uh, Justin went two and two. He is sitting at 10 and five and two and two in his locks of the week. Um, all right, let's look at the Thursday night game, and it's a good one. It's the best one we've had so far. You've got the, let's say St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle is at home, and they're getting points. Rams are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Justin. All right. Um, yeah, this one literally took me all up until five minutes before we started the podcast to decide – 
This one took me all up until five seconds to make my choice. But five seconds ago or five total? No, five seconds of looking at it. My heart is saying the Seahawks, but I've been in this position with the Seahawks plenty of times before, and they have let me down. So my gut is saying take the Rams, and I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, give me the Rams. I'm not even thinking twice about it, to be honest. The Seahawks' defense is not great. It's just not. Um, The Rams have weapons. The Rams did not play great against Arizona. I felt like that was not a good representation of the Rams' defense because they have a damn good defense. Jalen Ramsey is going to neutralize DK Metcalf. See you later. Not going to even play a factor in this game. Then you got Aaron Donald on the D-line wreaking havoc, going to be getting after Russ. Um, Chris Carson's questionable. I'm sure he'll play, but I know he's on the injury report. Uh, They actually have a kind of a laundry list of players on the injury report, whereas the Rams have nobody. Uh, The Rams just kind of got put on notice, kind of got embarrassed a little bit by Arizona last week. 37-20 to loss. I think that they're going to march into Seattle and make a statement. So we thought the Rams were the best team in the league going into the week. Yeah, last I still year. think they are. Yeah, you said it. I agreed with you. Um I think that the I don't ha- know who I would put over them. I mean, you the Cardinals, yeah. but I think they caught them a little bit off guard with um the way that the, the, the their defense scheme the Rams. I think the Rams got too comfortable and Matthew Stafford needs to spread it around a little bit more cuz they mm-hmm. took Cooper Cup prim- can't just primarily cup. out of the equation and then the, the offense slowed down, so it's like you got to work on finding other guys to throw the ball to. Yeah. So which side are you taking? Uh, Rams minus two and a half, and I'm also going to throw something at the over 54 and a half. I think that um, the Seahawks are going to be forced into turning this one into a, a shootout early because um, the biggest question is, will the Seahawks be able to protect Wilson enough for them to be able to score? Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. Um all right, so we are all in agreement there. Got a little consensus. Uh, my well, next, I hope Justin stays undefeated on Thursday night. Yeah, that's true. Um, my next pick, I am going to take the Steelers minus one at home against the Broncos. The Steelers have looked like shit on offense, and the Broncos have looked pretty damn good on defense. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know what the final verdict is there. I know he's in concussion protocol. He's not. There hasn't been anything that has said that he's definitely playing. Um, I feel like this is a decent spot for the Steelers to kind of get on track a little bit. One and three, oh and two at home. Not a good start for a team that they were trying to pretend had Super Bowl aspirations. They do not, but they do have a damn good defense. If Teddy can play or if he can't play, I'm still going to take the Steelers uh, regardless. The first good defense they played, they put up seven points. Much because Teddy got hurt, but Drew Locke didn't do shit. So, I mean, if you look at who they played, they played the Giants, they played Jacksonville, and they played the Jets. So, obviously, I think the Giants are better than what their record indicated. Obviously, we just saw what they did to the Saints. But Jacksonville and the Jets are not good football teams. So, 3-0 and going into that game against Baltimore. But, I mean, that's 3-0 and with, I mean – some gimme games. So 23 to seven loss to Baltimore, the Steelers. I mean, we know what they have on the defensive side of the ball, run the ball with Najee Harris, get the ball to your playmakers on the outside. Big Ben, just stop eating donuts. Whatever you're doing, you look like shit. So try to get a win here. Uh, One point at home. I'll take the Steelers. 
Yeah, if I had to bet it, I'd be betting the Steelers too, just because it's up in the air of um. Yeah, you got question if marks. Bridgewater, you know, who's going to be getting the first team reps this week? You know, if it they said it's been locked because uh, Teddy's in concussion protocol, so it's been Drew Lock getting first team reps so far. But then it's like, what if he's Bridgewater's ready to go? All of a sudden, he hasn't been a week. No, yeah, yep. So it's like a little bit of question marks going on for the Broncos, um, the Steelers. I'd be surprised if they go one and four. Yeah, I know you. You don't think that doesn't seem like they. So would. like, I don't know. In the NFL, more than college, like must wins are more important to me. I just feel like any team can be beaten by any team on any Sunday. In college, that's not necessarily the uh, case because they play on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it proves week in and week out that the NFL, uh, what you think is happen going to happen, a lot of times it doesn't. So. Right. Yeah, so uh, if I have – like, the way I do this is I pick every game. I'll, I'll go through and curate every game, and I'll um, pick who I'm going to bet, and then I go and I select several games that I feel more comfortable than the other ones about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so give me your next one then. Um, We're going to London, and uh, – I forgot about the London game. We talked about it. I'm uh, going to bet this one. I'm taking the Jets plus three – Playing the Falcons in London. I was impressed with Zach Wilson, and especially in his ability um, when that game became close down there to be able to get that win. Yeah. Um, that impressed me. And uh, the Jets' defense is what's been keeping them in, in games, and I think it will continue to keep him them in games while Wilson develops. Um, the Falcons are not a very good offense, and their defense does – not do very good mm-hmm. at stopping teams from scoring points. I like the Jets getting points here. Okay. Justin, give me your next one. I'm actually also in London uh, this morning or that morning, and I'm going with the Falcons <laughs> minus three. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if one team had jet lag, you think it would be the Jets? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean. I think London's tired of these shitty games, though. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Can we give one? Yeah, yeah, send them in a toilet bowl. <laughs> They're probably like, "All right, we're we're done with y'all." Yeah, they they got us like right before we started clicking. We played the Dolphins. Yeah, right? we beat when them twenty one nothing. Yeah, Ken Crawley got a pick in the end zone. Uh-huh. Um, they got the Jags a couple of years in a row. Yeah, that sucks. Um, all right, give me your next one then, Justin. Um, I'm going with the Eagles plus three and a half. Over the Panthers. Eagles plus three and a half over the Panthers, really? Yes. I don't see the Eagles going one and four. And Have you seen the Eagles? I have, yeah. <laughs> I, Jalen Hurts has been impressing me more and more each week. Um, did you watch him? Not this he did past well. week, but the week before? Yeah, but that was a primarily, I think that was play calling. The, they got to take some of the pressure off of him. They can't just say, hey. It's all on you. Go out there, run it, and yeah, throw it, and everything else. What, it's what like, do you say? When he's you, still when learning. You take a shit, you, you don't stare at it, and you flush it. Yeah, something like he that. Moved yeah. He moved on. He's definitely got the right mindset, and he's got the. He's been in the role of the underdog. So yeah, I definitely. Think he's been kind of written off his entire He's embraced career. that, and uh, I think I think he will end up being a, a, a good player for them. Okay. But I'm on the Eagles as well. Plus three and a half. Going to play the Panthers. Um, the Panthers are a very good football team, but without McCaffrey, we saw him struggle a little bit last week against Dallas. They were able to score, but their defense um, did not play very well. Um, I mean, I've been on the Eagles 
maybe two times this year, maybe just yeah, I think it might have been two. Lost both of them. I can't lose a third one. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You love the Eagles. Um Okay, I mean now I almost feel obligated to take it. Because I don't have very many NFL plays, I'm not gonna lie. I'll take them. Why not? What's the spread? Three, Three and, and a half. half. Clearly I feel good about it. Um All right. I, my last pick, I mean, I say my last pick. There's a lot of good games this week, but I really don't love the spread on very many of them. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts plus seven on Monday night. I think the Colts can get the run game going a little bit, um, even though I know the Ravens do have a good defense. But if they can lean on the run, Carson Wentz hasn't been playing bad. Uh, the Ravens have not really been dominating people this year. So if it wasn't for Justin Tucker, their record would look a little different. So give me the Colts plus seven on Monday night. Yeah, this was a game I was looking at. I was considering taking the Ravens just because of the strength of the run defense and then also the strength of the Ravens to run the ball. I don't think the Colts, though, do have a, a good defense. I think they're capable of playing better than they have been playing. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, I just think it was a little bit too much points to take the Ravens. So I think the Colts are probably a good play. Yeah, I feel like it should be like four, four and a half in favor of the Ravens. Like. Yeah. Around that range. I mean, I think, you know, you look at the record, the Colts haven't been put much up together, but I, they impressed me last week against Miami, who's a, a well-coached football team. They got Brissett out of characteristic, and he kind of tried to do a little bit too much, and I think that was the biggest reason why um, they ended up beating them so bad. But, I mean, the big the, another big thing was the Colts' ability to run the football on the, on the Dolphins. Yeah. All right. Um, Justin, give me your next one. How many more do you have? Just one. Okay. Let's hear it. It's my lock of the week, and um, I'm going with the Saints. Minus two over the Redskins. Saints minus two over the Redskins. Yeah. I think they let Jameis play a little ball this week. Okay. Um, If not, uh, I don't I don't fucking know. Might be, you might be able to get at one and a half now. I, yeah, I had him at one and a half this morning, but um, I think it come back. It's it'll probably come back down to one and a half. Okay. Um, so that's your lock of the week. My lock of the week is going to be the Steelers minus one. How many more games do you have? Uh, three. Okay. Um, Packers at Bengals. Bengals are three was, point underdogs at, at home. I'm going rolling with the Packers minus three. I was really considering give me the Packers. <laughs> I really was. I was looking, but it's like it's one of those like. I feel like I don't put enough stock into the NFL home field advantage sometimes. Um, so that's one that I was struggling with a little bit. But, yeah, fuck it. I'll take it. I, I don't want to bet against Joe Burrow. Um, but without Joe Mixon, yeah. 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 Give me the Packers. I'm on it. Um, and the, another, is Jalen Smith going to be eligible to play right away? He just signed with the Packers. Uh, yeah, I saw that. So um, that'll be interesting. I don't know. It's kind of a quick turnaround, I guess. What, tomorrow's Thursday? Richard uh, ended up playing Sherman. Yeah, but I feel like it's a little different going to linebacker versus playing corner. Corner, you, I mean, yeah. It, so, but yeah, I mean, you never know. That's that's a good point, though. If he does, I mean, that just further strengthens their defense. I think he's a very versatile linebacker. So, but all right, what's your next one? Um, Titans minus four on the road against the Jaguars. I don't know what's going on with the Jaguars, but it ain't anything good. Nope. Give me the Titans in a bounce back game. I think Henry's going to have a field day against them after having a, a little bit. Well, actually, he didn't play that bad last week. He 
was the bright spot of their team, but I think that uh, they got to lean on him a little bit more. Yeah, give me the Titans, too. That's a good pick. I mean, what, are they going to rally around Urban Meyer? I don't think so. Look, Urban, Urban Meyer's a – I don't want to make fun of him too much, but I think he's – this was a terrible decision to hire him. should have stayed in college, yeah, 100%. He should have just quit coaching yeah. because well, obviously he, he can't take it. Well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't coaching, right? He was just doing the broadcast, and he had been out for a couple years. But, um, yeah, I mean, he goes and coaches for a couple years, has success, and then he's like, oh, God, my heart, and then stops because he's having chest pains. And then he comes back and coaches, and then, like, if things start maybe going south, then he's like, oh, oh my stomach's hurting. I got to retire. So, yeah, you go to Jacksonville. You don't go back with the team after their game in, in Cincy. And then you go, I'm assuming, go catch the Ohio State game. But then you're grinding on an 18-year-old girl, it looks like, wearing your Ohio State pullover. You're the head coach of the goddamn Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, he was reminiscing. What are you doing wearing your Ohio State shit? Yeah, he was reminiscing of the good old days. Yeah, what are you at, the Ohio State bars? Yeah. Go study some goddamn film and why y'all can't win a fucking football game, Urban. Yeah, no, it's too much for him. I mean, if, if if college football was stressing you out, then I don't know why you thought that the NFL was going to be any different. You don't look good. You don't don't look healthy, man. They said, like, oh, he can't handle losing. Well, what'd you think? You came to the fucking Jaguars. Y'all drafted first. Like, yeah. they don't just hand those out to anybody. They give it to the worst goddamn team, Urban. What have you been frankly, doing? I don't know how, you know, I don't think he has the team's trust, the ownership's no, they trust, said, any, um, anything. Well, one, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, came out and said, like, it's unbelievable, like, inexcusable, his actions. And then they said he addressed the team, but, like, didn't want to address them all at once the first day. So he addressed them a second day, but the first day he he like addressed them by position groups and basically didn't really like, like they said he did not want to own up to it and like was very uncomfortable doing it. They said the players were like laughing like at him to his face. Oh Jesus. So like they couldn't even help it. Like, so he's got no respect from his players, none whatsoever. Yeah. Which I mean, I think that's kind of silly, but it's like, I don't know. I don't think it's that big well, of a deal, but the to, biggest thing is just like hit to me his body language on the sideline is just like Well, it wasn't so much that he would like what happened. It was the way he went about handling it uh-huh. after. They the the way he tried to address it with them, they like just come out and say it like ah fucked up, fellas. Like, what can I do? Nothing. Like, sorry. Sorry to take sorry to add another distraction to this team. He tried to like come out. They said the way he went about it, like they did not receive it well at all yeah so own up to it be a man you're out there fucking pulling a less miles so but yeah not a good look for uh old urban meyer um he'll be fired without a doubt without a doubt give it three more weeks so far i'm one for one on my predictions i said justin fields would be the starter within the first four weeks so here we are so urban meyer will be fired within the next four weeks of football the team posted like a picture of like the huddle and was like uh, just us or something like that. Like, and then Trevor Lawrence commented and said, that's all we need. Not a good look. Definitely not. Not a good look. Yeah. So he's lost the little locker room hundred percent. Um. So yeah, give me the Titans as well. So what's your next one? Uh, Giants at Cowboys, Cowboys, seven point favorites. I'm going with the Giants. I think they're ra- uh, going to pop. Yeah, I think, wins. you know, they, I don't know about when, but, um, I just think that the Divi- Giants may have figured a little bit of something out here Divisional. in the second half of that game. I mean, to be yeah. able to 
I know our defense played well, but at the end they didn't. And to be able to do that against our defense, I consider our defense one of the better defenses in the league. I do as well. Um, I think that they divisional game, considering what happened last week, I think the Giants are good enough to keep this game closer than seven. Okay. I'm not going to hop on that one with you, but just because I, I mean. Cowboys aren't going to keep covering. I mean. I respect the Cowboys. I think they might be 4-0. Yeah, I mean. Against the spread. Yeah. So yeah. they'll be 4-1 and after this week is what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, you very well may be right. I, I can't. I don't know. I got. We'll bet on. A, we'll bet against them until they lose. Who? The Cowboys. We'll keep betting against them oh, until yeah. they lose against. Well, the I bet on them. The you bet against them the first week. I didn't. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, the Giants are good. That's the. There's no two ways about it. The sooner Saints fans acknowledge that and accept it for what it is, I mean, you'll sleep better. They're not a bad football team. They're just not. So, you're done with your picks, Justin. Yeah. Okay, to recap mine real quick, Thursday night I'm going Rams minus 2.5. I'm also on the over 54.5, just like Nick. Uh, I'm on the Colts plus 7. Eagles minus 3.5. Packers minus 3. Titans minus 4.5. Compliments to them too because um, I was not on those before we started talking about it. Uh, I think I said Colts plus 7. My lock of the week is Steelers minus 1. Yeah. Nick? Um, Rams minus 2.5 on Thursday night. Rams at Seahawks over 54.5 on Thursday night. Jets versus Falcons at 8.30 a.m. on Sunday. This game's going to be played in London. I'm taking the Jets plus three. Packers at Bengals taking the Packers minus three. I'm going to make this one my lock. Um, I just I don't know why they're not favored by a little bit more here. Yeah, I, I mean, if like the Bengals win this game, that'll be impressive. If the Yeah, they'd go, what, four and one? And they beat yeah, the Packers. that'd be surprise. That would surprise me. They beat the Packers and the Steelers, then it's okay. The Bengals are for real. Um, Eagles at Panthers. I'm gonna take the Eagles plus three and a half. Titans at the Jags, taking the Titans minus four. Giants at Cowboys, taking the Giants plus seven. Okay, Justin. Um, I have the Saints minus two as my lock of the week. I have the Eagles plus three and a half. I have the Falcons minus three, and I have the Rams minus two and a half for my Thursday night football pick. Okay. Um, All right, that'll do it for the NFL portion of the podcast. I know this episode ran late, but we really dove into that uh, Red River rivalry and the Iowa and Penn State game. So, I mean, when you got big games like that and we're diving into it, it's going to run a little bit late. So go download Prediction Strike. Use the promo code Big Easy Bets. We'd appreciate it. Uh, if we did not touch on a game that you were looking forward to hearing about, message us on Twitter or Facebook. We'll give you our honest opinion on which side we're leaning. Uh, Apple Podcasts, go subscribe, rate five stars, leave a review if you're feeling generous. Uh, also on Spotify as well. Uh, and that's pretty much all there is to it. Episode 88. Y'all got anything to say before we go? Good night, my friends. Justin? Nope. Y'all have a good one. Who dat?